This is a Mentality Podcast, where we have real conversations with real people about healthy masculinities. I'm your host, Lao Chokan, and throughout this podcast, we're going to hear from a wide range of guests about the views and experience of manhood. We look at the bits we should celebrate, but also its messy parts, while having a bit of a laugh. Welcome back to Mentality Podcast. This is your host, Lao Chokan, and what a great start to the second season. Today is a special episode, but before I tell you why, first I want to say a massive thank you for all the positive feedback and support. If you want to make a donation to the work that I'm doing with the podcast, you can check the link in the caption of this episode. But as I said, I'm really grateful for the support you showed for the start of this second season and for the positive comments and encouragement. This really, really appreciate it. But if you want to reach out to me again, you can do that on Instagram or Twitter on man underscore mentoring. I'll put the handle in the caption of this episode. And if you're new to the podcast, don't forget to like, subscribe or comment on the platform you're listening from. And here's a brief follow up from the previous episode. Last time I mentioned that the platform behind Mentality Podcast, Mentoring Advocacy Network, has been nominated for the Best Men's Health Initiative 2023. But also, I've been nominated as well for the Future Leader Award by Inside Out Awards. But going back to today's episode, and as I mentioned, it's a special one. And here's why. I have no guest for this episode, so you're stuck with me. But don't worry, I'll keep it short and sweet. And I just want to share a few reflections on misogyny. But before I start, I just want to give you a heads up that I'll make some references to, obviously, misogyny, trauma, and mental health. And I believe it's important to have this conversation, especially, you know, given the rise of Andrew Tate, there's been lots of discussion around misogyny. In a nutshell, his message is about, you know, a violent dominance towards women, other men, which is detrimental both for women and men as well. But I'll come back to this uh, a bit later. I think what is important to highlight that he rose to fame partially because he managed to hack the social media algorithms by using these extreme misogynistic messages about how we men should relate to women. I'm not going to spend too much time, I'm not going to dwell on, on this about you know, like the algorithms, social media and so on, why he did it. But obviously, he pushed this extreme message out just to rise above kind of the, the others, have this edge, so his content to be picked up. But before we kind of start to, to kind of explore all this together, I thought that maybe it would be good to just share a few words. What is misogyny? In a very simplified way, misogyny has been kind of defined as hatred or prejudice against women. I think this has kind of evolved over time and it's kind of misogyny can be now even, for example, something a, a derogatory comment towards women. I think it's also important to distinguish between personal and structural or institutional sexism. And I just love a quote uh, that I kind of picked up while I was doing my, my reflections on, um, on this topic from uh, Kate Mann on her book, Down Girl. Yeah, she was saying that misogyny ought to be understood as the system that operates within a patriarchal social order to police and enforce the subordination of women and to uphold male dominance. And I think this is kind of very much focuses on the structural uh, sexism that we count in our societies. But I think it's really interesting in terms of reflections and thinking about Tate, clearly his message is very uh, much against women. You have to be on top all the time. You have assertive, aggressive and so on in order to get what you want. He has some 
good messaging. For example, like he was saying, well, you know what? I realized that I had a lot of time on my hand. I don't want to be bored. I don't want to be at the end of my day. I've left a lot of unused time and not used my, my energy and ambition to achieve what I want. So I just want to go for that, which is absolutely a good message to encourage, you know, everyone to say, you know, if you have dreams, go and follow them. But then the way he goes about it and how he goes about relating to women is uh, destructive, but also how we perceive women and for ourselves and engaging in, in that way. I think in a way I've seen and I've kind of observed that how sexism or misogyny, you know, manifests in, uh, in, in today's society, kind of goes from the roles as a means to enforce them the roles that we have as men and women enforce this structural uh, sexism. And it goes, well, you know, in educational institutions, workplace, family dynamics, other ways, for example, like the gender pay gap we are having, but also disparities in parental leave. For example, in the UK, men get only two weeks of uh, parental leave. That kind of pushes that, first of all, men are paid higher, therefore they're not going to take any parental leave because... Uh, if the man stays at home and the woman is paid less, they have less money to cover for their for their new family. And therefore, if the man will go to work, women will look after their, their children. Again, reinforces that stereotypical or imbalanced relationship where the woman has to stay at home, look after the children, which I think is important for men to be proactive and look after the children as well, to play their an active father role in relationship with the children, but also towards their partner. Going forward, I just want to focus a bit about how misogyny affects obviously women and there's no doubt that women are affected in a myriad of ways personal professional but this takes a toll on their health and their mental health as well and they bear the brunt of you know being subjected to unfair you know for example dress standards when they go to work they have to be dressed in a certain way microaggression remarks for example and uh, there be lack of opportunities in a workplace or face sexual or physical abuse. On that point, the latest data uh, shows that uh, from, from last year, uh, 2022, here in the UK, only 18 women were leading Britain's biggest 350 firms. Don't get me wrong, there's been some massive progress over the last 10 years. And uh, new figures showed, for example, that in 2022, Nearly 40% of UK's top 100 board positions are now held by women, compared to 12.5% a decade ago. However, I would say that gender balance uh, at the very top of businesses remains exceedingly one-sided. And, and of those 18 women, only 8 are part of the top 100 uh, uh, FTSE companies here in the UK. I think... Going back to the wider picture of, of sexism and misogyny is that when it's internalized and then women believe, oh, yes, this is how we are, this is how we should be behaving, and that starts to affect their health and mental health, also what they can achieve in life. It's limiting, and that's why it's so destructive, and it's unequal, uh, it goes without saying. Another point that's important to make here, not all women are affected equally by misogyny. So it's important to, to highlight that misogyny should be considered through the lenses of intersectionality. And what do I mean by that is that, for example, a white cisgender woman faces different obstacles than a transgender woman or a woman of color. For example, if, if you go back to the you know, 18 women who are leadership positions across UK's top 350 firms, I had a look and 
almost all of them were white women. So how this affects representation across a multicultural, diverse society as the one we have in, in Britain. Another statistic that I picked up was an ONS report published three years ago found that one in four women, 25% of, of women experience sexual abuse or assault before the age of 16, 25% compared to, for example, one in six men. And on that point, I want to highlight that misogyny affects boys and men. We don't discuss it as much. It's less understood impact sexism has on our concept of masculinity and male culture. But don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not coming here in a way to say that, oh, we men are the victims and we need some attention and let's focus on that. I'm actually saying is that we men and boys, in a way, we're missing out because we believe and promote this sexist way of relating to women and also how we view ourselves as men. And it gives us, in a way, a distorted view of what relationships are, about women and how to form those relations between, between, you know, us as men or how we relate to each other and other genders. I believe in a way the message boys receive, you know, when it means to be a man is rather limiting. They're quite stereotypical and powerful. And I mean powerful because it impacts how they view themselves and how to relate to, to, to those around them. And this message obviously comes from, you know, as we talked about social media, family, peers, environment, some of these messages are quite harmful. And as I said, they can have either short or long-term consequences for, for themselves, families, and community. It's like, you know, boys don't cry. Or some of these stereotypical images are reinforced in Andrew Tate's messaging. This makes it quite harmful because it puts young boys on a path that can change the lenses and not the way they view the world. And as I said, it's a message of dominance against women and other men. You need to dominate, you need to be ahead. It's, a, it's this idea of power over instead of power with. Instead of like, okay, we are in this together and we're trying to face life. Instead of like, no, I need to be on top of you in order for me to you know, get the girl that I want and so on. What we're missing out is that it doesn't teach us you know, men to engage with our true selves, with our emotions and have empathy and I think, you know, oh, we're going back to this idea of emotions and so on. I think it's really important because if we don't engage with all of our full selves, it keeps us, you know, men, boys, trapped in a stiff view of manhood. And it robs us of unexplored and quite limiting notion of what masculinity is. The pleasure of knowing ourselves more fully. One example that I'm, is imagine like you live in a house, but... Because, no, we kind of decided from the get-go that we heard the rumor that, no, men need to stay only on the, on the, on the first floor. We don't engage with the, with the first floor because those where the emotions are. And we, not, we don't dare to go to, to, you know, to go to the first floor. But actually started taking steps and going to the first floor will allow one to have, you know, different perspective of the same view, but also in journey heights. You know, being on the first floor, you have a better view you have a much fuller exploration of the house. You enjoy the whole space of the house and you just kind of limit yourself only to one place. Don't get me wrong. At the moment, I think there's a lot of conversations, a lot of discussions around masculinity. And absolutely, we are work in progress. But we can't carry living in unexamined and outdated notions of who we are as men that negatively affects us and those around us. Suicide is the biggest killer of men 
under 49 here in the UK. I think that's why it's important to, to explore our full selves and have conversations about the notion of, of vulnerability. If undressed and often unknown or named, can be expressed you know, in bitterness or can be exploited by those who want to capitalize on our vulnerabilities. But I think also, I would say that being able to acknowledge uncertainties to oneself and other is an aspect of strength. You know who you are, you're strong enough to admit that there are certain things that I need to work on and I'm working on that instead of just ignoring that you have a problem and then that problem just becomes more complex. Anyway, enough of me talking here, but I just want to leave you with one thought. Misogyny affects women disproportionately, but also we men are not immune to it. And that's why I would encourage you guys to have conversations, particularly with young boys, about the destructive effects of misogyny and about what it means to be a man. I think it's important to remind the men you speak to, the boys you speak to, that we men and women are equal and we should treat each other with respect that we deserve. I know it was a different message today, but I really appreciate you engaging with it. Don't forget to leave your comments either in the caption of this episode or on Twitter or Instagram. Reach out to me. Very happy to continue the conversation. And a quick heads up about the next episodes. We have some great guests lined up. Next month, we're going to talk about empathy and why this is important for men with no other than Andrew Bernard. But until then, stay safe and keep listening to Mentality Podcast.